Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Energy Central Power Perspectives podcast, the podcast that brings in leading minds to discuss the latest challenges and trends transforming and modernizing the energy systems and the utility industry of the future. And a quick thank you to West Monroe, our sponsor of today's show. Now, let's talk energy. I'm Jason Price, Energy Central podcast host and director with West Monroe, coming to you from New York City. And with me, as always, from Orlando, Florida, is Energy Central producer and community manager, Matt Chester. We do not often view our utilities as a hotbed for innovation and entrepreneurialism, but that is exactly part of the transformation going on in our energy system, given climate change and our global imperative to clean energy and energy security. As a result, investment in, into new opportunities and technologies is advancing at record pace. So Matt, set the stage for our listeners on what all this means for the utilities. Absolutely, Jason. Investment for utilities has become more important than ever in recent years, as you noted, with the areas of funding stretching across the entire enterprise. In years past, it wouldn't have been odd for U.S. utilities to max out their R&D spending at well less than 1% of their revenue, often a small fraction of that. But today, with everything from transmission upgrades to new digital technologies to the exciting build-out of clean energy and energy storage technologies, R&D is regularly becoming a line item for utilities to watch. Not only does such spending set power companies to perform well for the evolving energy landscape, but they also bring value back to their customers, new programs, opportunities for distributed energy, preparing for the EV future, and more. So I think it's pretty safe to say that there's never been a more exciting time to be in the R&D space for the power sector. No doubt we're in a period of rapid investment in new technologies and the R&D that drives that activity. While funds are more available than they have been previously for these activities, they are by no means limitless. That means focusing R&D efforts in the right areas toward the technologies with the greatest chance for success. However, that may be defined is critical. So. We want to learn more about how utilities are prioritizing their R&D efforts. And to do so, I think we have with us today one of the best possible speakers on that topic. Joining us on this episode is King Look of Con Edison. King has spent an impressive career with Con Edison, starting as an intern back in the 80s before working his way up through the ranks to his current role of Director of Research and Development. King. We're thrilled to welcome you to today's episode of Power Perspectives Podcast. Uh, thanks, Jason, for that uh, introduction. I have had many positions at Con Edison, and never would I have thought when I started back in 1983, utilities will one day be at the epicenter of our nation's seismic shift to a clean energy future. And to get to that future, R&D will need to pave the way for the development of tomorrow's technologies. This is why I'm so excited about R&D, and I'm thrilled to be part of it in creating our clean energy future. Yeah, King, we're thrilled to have you on. And King, you're one of a few that have already joined the Energy Central Power Perspectives podcast with Con Edison. We've been blessed to have both Nelson Yip, Director in Strategy and Planning, and Mike Murphy, General Manager in the CX Group, that join us on the podcast as well. So we're thrilled to have you on joining us today and sharing your, your wisdom and insight. So we'll set the stage for our Energy Central audience on the R&D office. When was it established? How is it funded? And describe the general operations of the office on how and where it directs its attention. 
The uh, Army Department at Carnison was established in 1969, uh, which coincidentally was the year when the Apollo 11 lunar module landed on the moon. We are funded by revenues we collect from our electric, gas, and steam customers. At Carnison, the R&D Department is part of a shared service organization supporting the operating organization and businesses. In R&D, we work with our internal customers to solve their most difficult challenges. And to do this, we rely on a vast network of external collaborators to help develop these solutions. Our external collaborators include industry research groups like the Electric Power Research Institute, or EPRI, and the Gas Technology Institute, or GTI. We also collaborate with universities, national laboratories, and directly with other utilities. The focus of the R&D department is aligned with our company's clean energy vision and core priorities of ensuring safety to our employees and the general public, enhancing operation excellence of our business in everything we do, and ensuring a positive customer experience by partnering with our internal customers to solve their most pressing challenges. Help us understand a little bit more about, you know, the innovation and its interaction with the marketplace, or are these more the work you do around internal initiatives? We do make the both. In the innovation marketplace, we participate actively in equity's incubate energy challenges every year since it started four years ago. Through these challenges, we engage startup companies to demonstrate and evaluate their innovative technology. An example of this is the demonstration and evaluation of a hot water heat pump that recovers the heat in the wastewater discharge to the sewers. We'll also do internal initiatives where we would engage a vendor or contractor to develop new technologies for us. For example, we work with vendors to develop a borescope that can do inspections of underground structures without having to lift and move the manhole cover. There are multiple benefits to this. It improves the safety of the employee who is doing the inspection, and it significantly reduces the time to do the inspection. All right, so is the objective to make these commercially available in the marketplace, or what is the metric for success? Our primary objective is always driven by our clean energy vision and commitment to our core priorities of safety, operation excellence, and enhancing the customer experience. If making our innovation commercially available helps to drive down the cost of deployment, we will do so. We also have other metrics of success. One metric is the number of patents we have, and we currently have over 100 patents. Last year alone, we were awarded five patents, including one that is jointly owned with the Palo Alto Research Center on optical monitoring to detect corrosion of power grid components. Another metric of success is external awards. For example, we were the recipient of three Electric Power Research Institute Technology Transfer Awards. And the truest metric of success, I would say, is the adoption of the only developed tools by the operating organization for the everyday use. So, King, tell us, what are your teams working on that have you most excited right now? We are working on so many exciting things that it would be difficult to name them all. Let me focus on three areas, clean energy, underground cable splicing, and excavation. And I'm going to discuss them in reverse order. Most of Connaughton's energy infrastructure is underground, and sometimes we need to excavate the streets of New York City to get to them for repair. Excavation in New York City requires breaking the street surface and the rocks underneath. 
The typical tool used is a jackhammer, which can be very noisy and can draw complaints from the general public in the work area. We are currently working on a groundbreaking tool that makes excavation safer, faster, and less noisy. Any noise will be short-lived and only as loud as a vacuum cleaner. It is safer because it can be remotely operated. The technology underpinning this tool is electrohydraulic fracturing, or EHF which uses plasma energy to break rocks exposed during construction activities. We are currently field testing a prototype and will be making adjustments based on the feedback we get from the field test. The next area of innovation I'd like to discuss is underground table slicing. The vision here is that if the medical community can do robotic-assisted surgeries, why can't we in the utility industry have a robotic-assisted tool that a splicer can remotely operate it safely from safely away from the energy source. The benefits of this tool include faster feeder restoration, less employee time in enclosed space to do the splice, increased safety and productivity, and improved accuracy and repeatability of these splice. We have developed a prototype to do live end cap, and we will continue to improve the design, including making lighter and smaller so it is easier to fit through a manhole. We're also about to begin a new initiative to develop an underground splicing machine that can do one-way, one-way splices. The last area of innovation I'd like to discuss is clean energy technologies. We are targeting a $100 million in R&D investment by 2030 to facilitate the clean energy future. We are developing the country's first fully electric bucket truck. The truck will be capable of operating an entire eight-hour shift, have 130 miles range capability before requiring a recharge, and full battery recharge in eight hours. We're also planning to develop other uh, electric utility trucks, and they include a step van, a Derek Dicker truck, a cable truck, and a flush truck. We're also looking to introduce new heat pump technology into our service area, and this first-of-a-kind heat pump water either recover waste heat from the buildings or discharge to the sewer. The unit bundles cooling capability for simultaneous domestic hot water production and air conditioning. We are currently identifying location in New York City to demonstrate and pilot this technology. Markets considered for demonstration are those with high demand for hot water, such as laundromats and hotels. We are also participating in the Industry-Wide Low Carbon Resources Initiative, or LCRI, jointly led by the Electric Power Research Institute and the Gas Technology Institute. This initiative seeks to accelerate and demonstrate the most promising yields of low-carbon resource options and technologies to enable economy-wide decarbonization. The LCRI research portfolio currently exists over 60 projects in development or launched since August 2021. For example, on the on water electrolysis for hydrogen production, evaluation of max emissions from hydrogen combustion, hydrogen natural gas blending, and carbon capture and storage. The broad reach of the R&D of this initiative is only a reflection of the recognition that much needs to be done to develop the technologies that we needed to produce, store, and transport low carbon resources to address the hard to electrify areas in the economy in order to reach carbon neutrality by the middle of this century. It's going to be all hands on deck 
and obviously in the way to our clean energy future. Well, those sound fascinating. Well, I'm sure we could fill an entire episode just on the different projects you're working on. I think one of the biggest takeaways for audience will be diving into the strategies and philosophies guiding your R&D process at Con Edison. So share with us, what are some of the characteristics of new opportunities that catch your eye and lead you to want to invest further in? For me, I tend towards seeking opportunities that are potentially transformative or first of its kind and are aligned with our clean energy vision and core priorities of safety, operation, excellence, and customer experience. While it's tempted to go after transformative opportunities, risks and costs are also major consideration. There, I would look to see if the opportunity has been evaluated and demonstrated by others in our industry or related industry. If the costs are too high, I would need to see if there are potential partners sharing the cost of development and demonstration. And also if there are federal and state grants that can help offset the cost. While the R&D may sound compelling and like a dream job, I'm sure it comes with no shortage of challenges. So as director of R&D for such a major utility, what are some of the most prominent difficulties you have to face? The most prominent challenge has something to do with managing the limited resource we have in the R&D department. And in the company organization that we're partnering with to do these R&D projects, I find that many of the companies need R&D funding to help solve their most pressing needs. But there's only so much R&D funding available, only to be exacerbated by a new and increasing need for R&D to support the drive to decarbonize our energy systems and economy. Besides funding, we also have limited bandwidth with our people. They can only work on so many projects effectively at a time. And there's also the potential for accelerated attrition in the department. Over the next several years, as many are now eligible to retire or close to it, loss of institutional knowledge is a risk, which is why we explore knowledge management systems as a potential mitigation measure. All right, well, let's dig a little bit further. When looking at different opportunities across various departments at Con Edison, how do you make those tough decisions to allocate funds for R&D optimally? When we look at opportunities, we only look at those that align with our clean energy vision and core priorities. Other considerations will include technical and commercial readiness and the cost of the R&D investment. Sometimes we get co-funding from the business organization we are partnering with to address the R&D needs. The co-funding helps in our funding decision because it demonstrates the seriousness of the business organization seeking to do the R&D project. Lastly, getting external funding from sources like the U.S. Department of Energy will only improve the attractiveness of the opportunity. In assembling our R&D portfolio with our finite budget, we consider everything just mentioned and only select the project with high benefit to cost values and high probability of success, or with early ramp-offs to allow for quick failures to minimize the cost. All right, King, so you already alluded to some of this, but, you know, one of my questions or final questions here is, so someone like you, so involved in R&D, do you find that the sector is investing as much as it should have, given the conditions that we're in? And if not, what's holding it up? For much of the existing of our industry, the pace of change was slow, so the need for R&D was not great relative to what is needed today. Pressures on our industry today to change our grade. As an industry, we are at the center of the whirlwind of changes that will only get more intense. And that's driven by the drive to get to carbon neutrality by the middle of this century. 
but we will also need to maintain reliable and resilient service and keeping customer bills affordable. That is impossible with current technologies, which is why we need to invest more in R&D. We need the help of our regulators to fully recognize this, especially when it comes to allow how much we allow more to be spent on R&D. Just for comparison, Connex's R&D budget is a little more than 0.1% of operating revenues, or about $1,000 per employee. Compare that to the R&D spending of some of the well-known tech giants like Google, Microsoft, and Intel. They spend about 10 to 20% of their revenues on R&D. And on a point basis, it's about $100,000 to $200,000 per employee. I'm not saying we need to spend that much on R&D in our industry, but the disparity highlights what the tech giants already know. To remain competitive and keep pace with changes, there has to be significant R&D commitment and investment. Like I said, we can chat all day about this fascinating topic, but we want to pivot now and learn a bit more about you via our lightning round. So we'll ask you a couple of questions to let our listeners get to know you a little bit more on a personal level. Your response will just be one word or phrase. Are you ready? Yes, that sounds fun. All right. So what's your favorite holiday? Christmas. In your opinion, what's the perfect breakfast? Oatmeal and coffee. What did you want to do for a career when you were growing up? That's a little tough. Astronaut. What's the best place to which you've ever traveled? Singapore. And what motivates you? Predict the future. Terrific. Thanks for peeling back the curtain a bit more for us, King. So as a reward for your performance, you were in the traditional last word of the podcast. So to your peers across the utility industry listening in today's episode, what's the main piece of advice you hope they take away from our conversation? I say if there's a time our industry needs to do more on the now's the time. And um, you must be very clear with your objectives when selecting on the opportunities because it's likely you only have a small and finite on the budget. And it's always better to use someone else's money. Take advantage of external funding opportunities like those regularly offered by the U.S. Department of Energy. I like it. Thanks for that, King. I'm excited to hear what the Energy Central community thinks of the conversation, and I'm sure they'll let us know in the comments section of energycentral.com. Thank you so much for sharing your insight with us today on today's episode. The uh, pleasure is mine. I want to thank the uh, Energy Central for this opportunity to share our R&D thinking and some of the R&D work we are doing over here at Connection. Thank you again for your time and making yourself available for this podcast. And you can always reach King through the Energy Central platform where he welcomes your questions and comments. We also want to give a shout out of thanks to the podcast sponsors that made today's episode possible. Thanks to West Monroe. West Monroe works with the nation's largest electric, gas, and water utilities in their telecommunication, grid modernization, and digital and workforce transformations. West Monroe brings a multidisciplinary team that blends utility, operations, and technology expertise to address modernizing aging infrastructure, advisory on transportation electrification, ADMS deployments, data and analytics, and cybersecurity. And once again, I'm your host, Jason Price. Plug in and stay fully charged in the discussion by hopping into the community at energycentral.com. And we'll see you next time at the Energy Central Power Perspectives Podcast. <laughs>